171 on the 29th of November 2011. James, it's a pleasure to see you back on the couch. How's things there in sunny, sunny California? It's very foggy today, Ian, but it's good to be here with you also. So, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good time. We're in episode 171. Here we go. Of um, was it on the couch podcast? Is that what we call it? I, I'm going through a bit of uh, dementia, perhaps. Here. Um, <laughs> well, that's what, what do we talk about? Remind remind me. What do we talk about? And, well, we're going to cover what's, what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology news, and uh, we have a bunch mm-hmm. of categories we try and shove stuff into to try and see cover everything that's going on. So we try and cover what's happening in the world of. Uh, business, technology, uh, content delivery. Oh, it's coming back to me now. And then we do some maybe mobile stuff, some gaming stuff, um, and other, if we have anything, don't we? And we take about 25 minutes and we get feedback from people, don't we? Yep. So if you've got some feedback, feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Let us know if you're listening, if you like it, if you if we're missing stories, if you disagree with us, if you even agree with us, then uh, let us know. Yeah. And write a crazy review on iTunes or whatever you like. Fantastic. So without further ado, let's go for it. So, um, there's been a lot of noise about connected TVs, isn't there? There is a lot of noise about connected TVs. And you know, it'd be, it's becoming a real thing when, when they uh, turn up with marketing trade body associations and <laughs> general kind of uh, people actually deciding mm. that it's better to work together than actually work independently. So, um, uh, it's turned out it's a little fragmented. It is a bit fragmented. And, and I know that, uh, and I'm sure you're the same, James, as we're talking to lots of operators around the world that they're looking at ways of getting their content on connected TVs, meaning that they don't need mm. to worry about set-the boxes anymore. So that's that's fantastic because it ends up pushing all the cost mm-hmm. to, to the consumer, uh, but presumably actually and allowing them to do things they couldn't do before. Well, perhaps have you got a connected TV? I do. I have a, a Samsung connected TV, and I can uh, I can do Love Film. I can watch movies on it. I can watch 3D stuff on it. I can play games. I can even do Google Maps on it, which is pretty cool. Um, right, and was it a good? Um, you know, was it easy to set up? Easy to use? Yeah, you know, simple out of the box bad. experience. So shoved in the Ethernet cable, and you could, actually it came with wireless out of the box, so that worked as well. Uh, okay, and uh, and off you went. And it, the the only disconcerting thing about it is that. Every now and then, it updates the firmware in the in the TV, and having turning your TV on and then having it update itself is just a little bit disconcerting because you know how you, you kind of assume yes, the TVs yeah. are kind of static, always on, always working, and 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 and, and, and reliable. James, you and I, yeah, we work in software and 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 doing that kind of stuff. And when you see software firmware updates happening to the very thing that you just want to work, it's always just a little bit kind of scary. Does so. it tell you why it's upgrading? No, it doesn't. It would be nice if it gave a list of updated features and <laughs> bug fixes, but no. <laughs> I mean, even having yeah. bugs in your TV is just, yeah, it's, there's just something a bit disconcerting about that. So anyway, this is mm. about having uh, the Connected TV marketing trade body has been established by leaders of the advertising, media, and entertainment sectors. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. they've converged on New York, London, and Melbourne. How they converged on New York, New York London, and Melbourne? I don't and know. Melbourne, really sure. I don't know. It's <laughs> probably three people saying mm, we could do it with some trade show revenue from speaking <laughs> at panels. Let's get this together. Maybe so. Um, uh, I mean, it must be my experience. I, I was setting up a um, Sony, as you would say, uh, mm-hmm. connected TV this weekend, and it was clearly it was kind of a. It clearly didn't have an on-screen keyboard, which meant setting, you know, all these accounts up was quite tricky. I guess it was uh, yeah, it was yeah. more more embedded than most, I suppose. Mm. Um, so you had to it, all it could give you was like a code on the screen that she would then associate with an account Indeed. via a, a kind of another portal. Mm. And there were other 
I had an interesting experience with Netflix actually because I mean I don't have any kids but my buddy I was staying with has some kids and he was trying to do parental rating to stop his kids watching all the sort of um, <laughs> cheesy B-movie horror flicks right. um, but it took like eight hours for Netflix to update the the parental ratings oh, so they kind no. of you know, he turned it off and said well why haven't they disappeared so I guess that's the way the kind of distributed cluster networks of Netflix's back office work is you don't get parental rating straight away you have to wait until it oh, sort wow. of filters down through the system and similarly when you turn then, then you know kids went to bed and they said oh we're not turn that off and then it was like just wait <laughs> and which is just not I, it's just not it's not good customer service experience really mm. you expect when you make changes to get stuff immediately and yeah, I think you know, maybe that's a important for the future for Netflix if they start introducing you know dynamic page changes or even you know needing to mm. buy movies or you know they, they obviously Netflix is if you don't know listener is just a you know you pay once a bit like love film you pay once you get everything mm. um, or in fact love film can you do pay-per-view on love film uh, no I think you pay you can basically get once all the online stuff as mm. a big clump yeah so yeah, do you remember if you want to change sort of television it was that you were using this on uh, Bravia kind of okay, probably so 46 yep. inch so yeah. uh, Samsung Sony and LG make up 90% of the global TV market mm. uh, and yeah. uh, they reckon by 2014 sales reaching 123 million TVs so according to the CTVMA the Connected TV Marketing Association Connected TVs offer brands the chance to reconnect their offline spend with the rapidly growing online content market uh, so and there's a bit of an I mean, advertising spin here as well, isn't there? Because this guy's from Old yeah. V Entertainment, which I think yeah. is... Um, so you want to put advertising on those screens. The oh. chair of the CTVMA said his company was committed to the development of advertising and original brand-funded programming on Connected TV platforms. So uh, basically everyone's looking around going, hang on a sec, advertising, that's where it's at. Uh, how can we get, get some of the advertising? Isn't that just TV? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, well, this must have been on Sony. We did watch some Crackle content, watched an old movie. Um, Crackle content? And that worked pretty well. But there's crack, Crackle is Sony's um, kind of online mu- music uh, oh, TV cool. portal, cool. I guess. And you can watch And it's, there was no advertising. Um, nice. So I guess there is there is space to put advertising on there somewhere. But uh, yeah, connected TVs, love them or like them. I mean, it's, it was a bit fiddly setting it up. Um, yeah. But this, you know, the Sony TV's got a Netflix button on it, a Curiosity button on it. So once you're set up, oh, wow. you go through that pain. Uh, when you sh- if you've had the Geek Squad around, or me, mm-hmm. um, you can get it working. So there we go. But it's certainly a lot easier to use, I think, than you know, a cable box, which is, I think, <laughs> the biggest challenge here is, you know, exactly. if it's easier to do stuff on a on a connected TV, people will mm-hmm. do it, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, because if you're given this choice, I press a button to go to input, you know, just turn my TV on, and I can find stuff pretty easily or I mm-hmm. go to the cable box and then I have to pick up another remote and I have to go through this techie menu. I can see why people are doing it. Absolutely. Frankly. Absolutely. Um, mm. so, uh, so, moving on. Moving on to technology, we have, um, well, uh, I mean, we, we, we're always interested in terms of how we interact with technology, aren't we, James? And this is a yes. story about um, a Russian company that has come up with a technology to Put images into thin air, basically projecting it onto kind of kind of a fog. This looks like a Harry Potter promo to me. I mean, <laughs> look at, look in the show notes. I mean, this is Display, a Russian company from Astrakhan. Isn't that where the prisoner was? It Astrakhan or something? I'm not a great <laughs> Harry Potter fan, but and the guy looks like he's he looks like he's snorting a, a cappuccino <laughs> he's snorting or something. In, uh, um, 
so it uses a stream of cold fog to project images onto it and an infrared camera to capture gestures. So you can actually interact with the 3D shapes that it's projecting and, and move them around and do stuff with them. In the dark. Yeah, in the dark. Obviously, it's not very... Um, uh, well, useful. <laughs> I was going to say um, high resolution, but useful is true too. Um, I've heard of people doing fog screens at parties where mm. they kind of project stuff onto a fog wall or mm. a water, kind of a dry ice wall, and you can have a you can have movies playing in the middle of a dance floor or something, and people are kind of can walk right. through. Um, and this, I mean, is saying, oh, they can really small gestures, they can recognise them, but a connect does whole bodies and I'm sure Kinect could have done more you know individual finger joints and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but it's a matter of fidelity and cost isn't it yeah for sure um, I just thought that was cool that um, people are looking at different ways look of cool. interacting yeah. with technology and looking at ways of yeah. uh, in, you know being able to physically interact with things I mean we're eventually going to get to a future where you're part of the content and you're moving it around and yeah and I think that's what a lot of people want certainly people want to participate in it mm. I saw some uh, other interesting technology today or yesterday in fact um, which is looking at kind of like a you know ERDA the infrared data I don't know whatever the A stood for any ideas association um, yep that'll be it yeah um, some guys uh, participating in that using lasers to do kind of short range data mm. transfer um, getting up to 10 10 gigabits per second, which is pretty awesome. good. That's pretty cool. Early, early days, yeah, but I mean, obviously that's... That's, that's, that's fantastic. Ben, uh, but kind uh, of, Erda was kind of line of sight-ish, wasn't yeah. it, really? Hmm, so, um, so as long as you don't get in between it, you get your hand sliced off, you should be fine. <laughs> um, <That's right>. How <laughs> many fingers? Ah, <laughs> oh, 10 gigabits. It was worth it, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah, but then, you know, you can sync really quickly. I mean, I know I've got iOS 5 on my iPad now, and I, I mm-hmm. guess I don't really notice the... Um, the synchronization because it's just done wirelessly. So have you, have you actually <laughs> um, had the wireless sync working on your on your uh, iPhone? iPad, yeah, and iPhone, yeah. So it just happens in the background. So I guess unless you're moving large files, it uh, mm-hmm. doesn't go away. Uh, so yeah, it seems to kind of work. But so I guess what you do find though is if you're just you know typically you've got bought a movie or something and you need to get it onto your device really quickly and you're just about to leave the home because you're going mm-hmm. on a plane or something. That's when you need the fast data transfer, in my mind. Um, yeah, totally agree. It'd be nice to kind of, oh, I just downloaded something and I want to get it on my device really quickly. Bang, there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Or ideally, I guess you'd wait till you, you could download it anywhere and it wouldn't matter. Mm. You'd, you'd have like a five, 5G, 10 gigabit network when you're out of the home, but you'd need to plug in pretty quickly. Well, some of those so, 4G uh, networks are getting pretty pretty speedy, like 21 megabits. Uh, some of the 4G stuff that's being rolled out in the States that's, oh that's no, it's, it's roastingly fast, but I also hear roastingly degrades your battery as well. I mean, there is an energy, there's <laughs> yeah. an energy per bit transferred. That's the uh, that's part of the challenge here, you know. Um, so, what else is moving on in the content industry? Mm. So, a bit of excitement around the office today. In fact, that uh, Sky has released their uh, Sky Go enhanced content. So, Sky Go is an app for your iDevices devices, and uh, I think it's mm-hmm. mostly just iPhones. Uh, and iPads and so on, and uh, I think, added I think the ability to actually iPad as well. Sky movies on there now, which up until now it's just been sports, and I've kind of looked at it and gone, eh. um, you know, I'm not a big sports fan, and um, being able to watch sports on the go hasn't really been a big thing for me. But um, 
having movies mm-hmm. as well. That's that's pretty cool. So as long as you and that's when you that's out of home, as far as I'm aware, mm. as well, right? So you can stream via Wi-Fi wherever you like, or 3G capability before the end of the year, and all eleven all eleven linear Sky Movies channels will be made available, which is pretty awesome that you can do that. Mm-hmm. wherever and whenever and I mean we're finally getting to the point of actually after all these years having your content wherever and whenever you want so fantastic mm. and I, I, I might know a company that was involved in the deployment of that oh really um, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> um, but uh, so yes yeah, so I think that's pretty good aforementioned company fantastic yeah that company that I might know um, so no I think that is pretty good and there'll be other people doing that as well so that is um, that's uh Working pretty well. As you say, people people like to get their stuff outside. It's all added value. I guess the, the struggle here for a lot of operators is how do they um, how do they monetize this? Well, that's because you're not paying you're not, any not more. Paying any extra for it, are you? But maybe maybe the. I mean, I know you can get Sky Go as a as an option just on its own. Um, so maybe there's, oh, right, there's no, that. Um, and so you but then that doesn't that set a price point for it? If you if you are a subscriber, you don't have to pay extra. But if you're not a subscriber, you pay. So I guess it's about keeping the studios happy. Uh, absolutely. So, uh, presumably, they've done some sort of some sort of deal that allows them to extend the content to other devices. But for new customers, that's uh, that's the advantage that you get customers you would never have had before. Because certainly, some mm. uh, it's like with the with the Sky Player as well. You can certainly get areas. In fact, my apartment block up until recently didn't have a satellite dish connected. You weren't allowed to put a satellite dish up. Therefore, you know, it's just completely off limits to Sky that allowed them to reach areas that they would never be able to get to at all. Very, okay. very cool. Um, so, James, mm. uh, another interesting article on US online video watching. So, catching up with that Netflix story from earlier. Yep. Uh, apparently, the mm-hmm. US online video viewing has hit an all-time high. We are of 42.6 billion videos in October. Now that but how many of these were some guy amazing. watching his dog chase deer across Richmond Park? <laughs> now, probably quite, quite a few. Uh, but they did watch for an average of 21.1 hours per viewer across uh, across the month. Now, when you think about it, 21 hours, uh, now that's a lot less than normal TV viewing, to be fair, because the TV viewing, I can't remember what it is, James, but I know... Something America, like seven hours spend, a day or something yeah, ridiculous. All, all your non-sleeping, non-working hours, you spend watching TV, apparently. Um, uh, but that's interesting that uh, uh, that amounts we've got to some viewing that. tips here I mean I've heard of Machinima but I've never heard of Shmuru Shmuru you heard of that one I can't even if you look in the notes folks, you'll see the breakdown it's kind of like YouTube was um, was the top channel mm-hmm. unsurprisingly um, Google sites demonstrated the highest engagement with 7.1 hours per viewers so only a third of that's Google mm. um, and then Vivo uh, mm-hmm. Warner, Warner Music. I guess people are watching um, music videos, I suppose. Yeah, there you go. Maker Studios and, um, and Demand Media. Yeah. Uh, Machinima, Shmuru. Yeah. So, um, so the, 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 I mean, there's even quite a few there, James, that we've never heard of before, so... Uh, exactly, we're just, we're just out of it. I should, <laughs> I should switch off now, listener. <laughs> um, That's right. Vi- Vivo, is that... Yeah, is Vivo part of Vimeo? I don't yeah, know. No I, need to, I need to watch more online video, clearly. Clearly, we need to um, investigate this a bit more. Uh, now, yes. funnily enough, Facebook as an actual container um, was considerably almost, almost well, half of, half of YouTube, uh, but certainly up there in terms of where the actual mm. content was viewed from. So, I mean, you've got to imagine, I, I mean, I see videos all the time sent around by Facebook friends and, you know, you just kind of click play and there mm. it is right there and it's still a YouTube video, but... Uh, 
so it's yes, yeah. interesting that the, the containers of the content are... But they're, they're quite close, though, as containers. Facebook, Vivo, Microsoft Sites, it says, mm. and then Viacom Digital. I don't know how... How would you get a Viacom Digital video? Absolutely no idea. Yeah. There we go. Sorry, there you go, James. Oh, looks like there's, there's lots of room to bamboozle people here, clearly, in <laughs> these stats. But that's, 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 fantastic. What, that's what okay. stats are all about. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, yeah. Moving on ads to... were only 1.4% of those. Look at that. The average <laughs> the average length, the average duration of the videos yeah, were 5.5 minutes, there which isn't go. very long, is it? 5.5 minutes. Um, so that's not long form at all. Nope. So Netflix is really in that list is really small. So don't don't yep. confuse it's the fact that listed, people are watching long listed, form. Which is funny because everyone keeps telling me that uh, Netflix is the most used bandwidth consumer in the the US. Um, but even if even given that that's true, um, it doesn't actually make any onto this list at all. So there you go. Um, that's amazing. That's two hundred and forty on average. Two hundred and forty videos per person. Wow. Per month. In a month, really? which is, yeah, which uh, is a lot. Would I watch 240 videos? I can't imagine that I would. Like 60 a no, week. I mean, it's like, I guess that's slots in a day. Yeah. That's so there must be people who are just, I don't know. <laughs> sitting there watching video after video. How um, do we do it, listeners? How do we do it? Um, okay. Be fair. Moving when, on. Uh, um, anyway. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> mobile. Have you had to go on a Windows mobile phone yet? Uh, no, I haven't. What, what have you had a pretty it like? I, yeah, I had a, I did go one at the weekend. It was actually, um, pretty good. I mean, I haven't, I haven't heard anyone speak badly of Windows Mobile, to mm. be honest. Um, obviously it's, um, uh, being integrated, um, and it's got all the sort of bit like the, um, photo streaming from Apple. That's mm. all they're integrated with Windows Live. So it seemed, I mean, pretty good. Nice interface, quick to take videos and, um, you know, contacts on the screen it's got a different kind of home screen i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah i thought it was pretty good pretty nice bit of kit actually this is a um samsung nice, device fantastic. i guess mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. so uh, yeah, nice. yeah, i'd definitely give, it, give right it a look seemed to work user interface made sense exactly pretty responsive nice um, which is unusual for me to say that but uh no, definitely uh, give, give it a look <laughs> and i didn't see the new the new nokia device but that's probably supposed to be quite good as well mm. that looks um, really cool like it's very thin looks like you know impossibly kind of thin kind of very cool so mm. interesting to see what that looks like uh in real yeah, life right. um but uh yeah i didn't have much else in the way of gaming uh, of mobile news uh, right at this moment. yeah i mean apps i guess the only downside was apps were a bit thin on the ground so like netflix for example not available mm-hmm. on windows mobile yet so coming right. soon i think that's the expression on that device because i think there's yes device dependencies i guess um interesting so um what else do we have in the news today gaming james uh, now we can tell that we're starting to fall into the silly season when um uh, front page <laughs> of the bbc on terms of gaming news is uh, toilet gaming technology targets urinal boredom yes and lots of toilet humor here very english i'm afraid um <laughs> bog standard um urethra moment etc uh, etc et so it's a company that's created some technology that allows you to Play a game while you, while you're doing what you need to do. Um, Take a leak. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and they're not just kind of the classic games of how high can you go and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, or can you can you pee off the uh, the porcelain fly? It should get in. Uh, it's in uh, IBC. I remember them all over the toilets. They have the little 
right, on the so urinal. Instead, instead you're actually interacting with the game, painful. depending on your... Uh, you're given three generous targets to aim for, left, right, and start. And uh, the console is able to detect uh, which button you're pushing by means of an infrared device. <laughs> So you've got a, a yeah. I have noticed actually on, in game. the photo in the toy in the photo in the um, show notes. Mm-hmm. I think this is using a bit of augmented reality, but there's definitely a a marker stuck on the urinal bowls. If you have a look, right? Can you, unless these are special urinals, but there seems to be some kind of thing stuck on the bowls because the and there's this kind of basically this monitor stuck over the top, which right. has some sensors presumably that works out where they are and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So what are the, what games have they got on offer? Uh, I'm not really sure. Looks like um, <laughs> um, multiple sensors, uh, all this kind of stuff. I guess it's mainly about advertising, presumably. Um, well, presumably, at the end of the day, end of the day, that's what it's all about: keeping people watching the screen. Uh, a pub in Cambridge has hosted a pre-trial launch uh, for free. And the exhibit bar in Balham, South London. It must be your old stamping <laughs> I think ground. I might have to go and investigate so, uh, those next time I'm in London. Um, yeah. And uh, a noted side effect was the toilets become markedly cleaner as a new premium was set on accuracy, uh, which <laughs> has got to be a good thing. And I think the quote of the day has to go to uh, Gordon McSween, director of Captain Media, who said, we are also installing units in ladies' toilets to address the issue of long waiting times. Now, <laughs> how does that work? I, I, I don't really know, James. That's Maybe next to the Shiwi dispenser. <laughs> you know. Um and uh, that moves us. Any other gaming news from you, James? Before we move on to our other category? No, I'm I'm out of games at the moment. I've been uh, so um, sorely lacking in games. Like <laughs> so I said, I have got some embarrassing videos of me playing X Dance on the Connect. Um, <laughs> that work how was yeah, that? I, I, I always be thought that the if in fact if the uh, the Xbox 360 had some means of actual HD content that was uh, a media based one, then I would have bought one of those with a Connect, but. Did you have some fun with that? Did it work? It, it was fun. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. A bit of skiing and stuff. You know, it was it was interesting doing Connect so again, not really having to pick up a controller at all. Mm. Um, it was quite fun, but it is a bit tiring. Mm, I can imagine. Um, but that's the point, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, finally, James, in our other category, we have, well, I mean, it's the ultimate really. It's having, having flying robots building yourself a six meter tower because uh, that's, they that's can. exactly the way it should be. Uh, so the flying robots are quadracopters, which are mm-hmm. obviously they're used to be more stable. They've got gyroscopes in them. And uh, it's a six meter tower made up of 1500 prefabricated polystyrene foam modules. And uh, it's designed by a Swiss architect and an Italian robot designer. I mean, these days you have Italian mm-hmm. robot designers. You don't have handbags. You have robot designers. Uh, uh, just to inspire new methods of thinking about architecture as a physical process of dynamic formation. Now, this is fantastic, James. Imagine that you could just get a bunch of flying robots to build yourself a house. I mean, that's just great, isn't it? I mean, no, that is awesome. So, did, does it say how long it took them? Uh, it's going to be exhibited. Uh, no, uh, I, I guess you can. He says they can. They, I guess it must be quite quick if they say they can. They can. Um, Track up to 50 vehicles simultaneously, 370 frames per second with millimeter accuracy. Fantastic. So I guess if you can, so maybe the, this is, I guess they do modeling also, if you know, the, they have those long shots in mm. science fiction films like Star Wars and the like, where they always have loads of vehicles flying all over the place and you think that wouldn't work, they'd crash. So maybe this is just um, <laughs> saying, yeah, we can control it. So that's pretty awesome. That's right? cool. I, I hope that 
Is there a video available for there this? There is. There's a video at the end of the show. You can go to the link on the show notes and there's a video at the end of the article. So check okay, it cool. out. Very cool. Uh, it looks very interesting. Robots and um, towers just yeah, for Dandria's Flying Machine TV. Arena. Fantastic. And you can look, I'm interested in looking at this video because there's a dumbbell or something on top of one of the robots. I'm not sure what that's for. It's very weird. <laughs> it must be the radar reflector. Anyhow, so yeah, it does wrap us up. And um, do let us have your feedback. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. And uh, hopefully you'll catch up with us for the next episode. Indeed, we'll catch you in episode 172. Mm, goodbye from me, James. And goodbye from me. And cheers. Bye. This episode of On The Couch Podcast is brought to you by EmbeddedAdventures.com, your source for embedded kits and things to play with. <laughs>